Uh, good morning. Welcome to River Life. My name's Kong. I'm the associate pastor, and I'm so glad that you're here this morning with us. Today, we're kicking off a brand new series, and it's on church membership. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, that word can come with a lot of mixed feelings. Sometimes it's a word that can come with baggage. I know in some ways in my upbringing in the Hmong church, it did. Um, and so I grew up in the Hmong church. Church membership always seemed to be something important. And I couldn't quite figure out why. Um, couldn't really put a finger to it. And so as an adolescent, an early adolescent, when I started, started to grow in my faith, started to trust in Jesus more, uh, when I started to see the system of the church and how the church worked, I realized that there are two major events um, in the Hmong life, um, just Hmong in general, weddings and funerals. And that also carried on into the church. And so as Hmong Christians, weddings and funerals were oftentimes a pinnacle point in a person's life. When Hmong, Christian, when Hmong, became, when Hmong families decided to become Christians, oftentimes they gave up... Um, they, they, the responsibility that usually fell on, on the family became the responsibility of the church. And so oftentimes, people want to honor their weddings and honor their funerals in a Christian ways. And so instead of having the family take care of the weddings and funerals, the church became the main um, provider, the main support for funerals, for, Christian, for weddings and funerals. I often grew up hearing, to my, hearing from my parents, from my elders, from my church leaders, to be helpful, to be committed in helping others, because one day I would need that help too for my own wedding or for my own funeral or for my parents' funeral or so-and-so. Now, as an early adolescent, I didn't know very many people who got married, and I didn't know very many people who, got, who passed away, and so it made me wonder if there was more to church membership than just weddings and funerals. Later on, in my later adolescent years, when I was a little old, I was a lot older, I experienced situations where some of my peers did get married. Some of my peers um, and their grandparents or their parents passed away. So I started realizing how the church came alongside them to help them with their weddings and their funerals. I also started realizing that sometimes there would be families who maybe didn't follow through with all the membership guidelines or maybe they missed more than they attended or maybe they'd show up every, you know, every so often, and so sometimes the church had to make a, make a difficult decision to determine if a person was a member or not. And so when those pinnacle moments in the Hmong Christian's life came up, the weddings and funerals came up, and if a family were no longer determined to be a, a members of the church because they weren't showing up or they weren't tithing, sometimes the church had to make a difficult decision to say, no, we can't help you because you're not a member. And in part, the, the family that were no longer members often felt like they were abandoned by the church because they gave, up, um, you know, they gave up their families to be part of the church. And then the church, oftentimes they did this to protect themselves because they were worried that they would get taken advantage of. And so the intentions were pure, but the impact sometimes were, were, were experienced negatively. It made me wonder if there was more to church membership than just this. There was a sense of we can help you conditionally as a church if you're a member, but Jesus loved unconditionally. And so left me wondering, is there more to membership than just this? In my early adult years, I got married right out of college, and a couple years after getting married, my grandma passed away. 
And so I was able to experience how the church came alongside my life to help me with my wedding and to help uh, me with my grandma's wedding, my grandma's funeral. And so I was a, I was a, I benefited from being a church member. At the same time, again, this question, this looming question of is this just it? This is, is there more to church membership? Continued to brew in my mind as a married person, as I transitioned from being an, a teenager to adult, um, I wondered if, there, if, this, if there's more. And so there was a point where I felt like I needed to find a different church to grow, uh, to, to grow spiritually. And my parents would often remind me, no, stay here. It's important that you maintain membership here so that when I pass away, when my parents pass away, that I will receive those benefits. And as important as those things were, it made me wonder, is there more? Again, the weddings and the funerals are, are, are important. There are huge pinnacle points in the life of Hmong Christian, but is there more? Especially when I want to grow spiritually. Is there more to church membership than just weddings and funerals? I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Greg as Pastor Greg takes us into the Bible and we learn more about what the Bible says about church membership. I think that's a question that has hit a lot of us at one point or another. Now, I don't know what your views what your experiences are and have been with church membership. But I think that's a question that hits all of us at some time. Is there more to church membership than weddings, funerals, voting at meetings? Is that it? I think it's time to rethink membership. I think it's time to rethink membership. We need a new model. We need a new way of thinking. And so that's what we're going to try here at River Life. And for the next five weeks, you're going to hear all about it. You're going to hear everything from foundational principles to all the nitty-gritty, all the details. And the truth is, we're not going to get all of this right. In fact, it'll probably take a couple years for us to figure this all out as we venture into a new way of looking at membership. But I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that together we can develop a model of membership that is more. And I'm hopeful that my goal is that this model of membership can accomplish three things. First, help you grow in your faith by providing next steps, by providing really clear next steps for you in your spiritual growth. Second, I hope that membership will be able to honor everybody, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey. And third, I hope that it will provide a unifying system for what it looks like to join the mission of the church. So those are my goals for this new model of membership that we're working out here at River Life. So that's why we're calling this series Membership as Discipleship. Because all of those three things I just said are all part of Christian discipleship. Growing in your faith, the lifelong process of becoming more and more like Christ. So there are two foundational principles that I want to talk about today. 
These two ideas will form the bedrock of everything else we say for the next four weeks. These two foundational principles, everything else is built on top of it. So if you don't understand these, the rest of it won't really make sense. You're going to find yourself asking, why do they do it that way? Because you might have forgotten one of these two core foundational principles. So the first one is this. Membership is growing spiritually, not belonging to a club. Membership is growing spiritually, not belonging to a club. So my first exposure to church membership was as an adult. And we went to a church. We attended a class. We signed a piece of paper. And then we never really heard about it again. That was it. Except every year when we had to sign the paper again. And that was all it really was. And something felt off about that. See, that was a club membership. And as long as I paid my dues and went to club functions, I was a part of it. I could vote at their meetings. They would pray at my parties. And they would help with a funeral. But it had nothing to do with my faith. It had nothing to do with my spiritual growth. I simply belonged to an organization. You see, that's not how the Bible talks about membership. It's not how the Bible talks about belonging to a body. See, membership should be integrated with your ongoing growth and development as a follower of Christ. Membership should be integrated with your ongoing growth and development as a follower of Christ. And see, it should help you, membership should help you along your journey, not simply define you as in or out. See, the author of Hebrews directly connects our ongoing spiritual journey with belonging to a church. Here's how he starts. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Okay, that's a good start. That sounds nice and Christian. That sounds biblical. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Those are fundamental to the Christian life. But how do you do it? How do you spur one another on toward love and good deeds? Well, he explains in the next sentence. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day approaching. All the more, all the more as you see the day of Jesus' return getting closer and closer. If you are a Christian, your life should be marked with more and more. More and more Christ-likeness. More and more forgiveness. More and more depth in prayer. More and more power over sin. If you are a follower, your life should be marked with more and more. So how do you have a more and more faith versus a meh, good enough 
faith. The author of Hebrews says it. Don't give up meeting together. Don't give up meeting together. That's church. That is church. Church membership is what it looks like to not give up meeting together. I think one of the great tragedies of church is when you attend for years, even decades, and you don't change at all. I've known people like that. You might have had periods of your life like that. You might be that right now. Where you've attended for years and years. And you struggle with the same sins. You hurt people in the same ways. You go through those highs and lows. I love God. I love God. I'm going to do whatever I want. And you just repeat that pattern, that crazy cycle over and over again, year after year. See, that's not what church involvement should be. That's not what church membership should be. Church membership is growing spiritually, not just belonging to a club. See, spiritual membership, it's a path that we walk on instead of a status or a state. It's an ongoing journey of many steps, not just one big one. Church membership is a path. It's not just signing up, taking a class, and sign on the dotted line. So how can you tell? How can you tell if you see church more like club membership versus spiritual growth? Well, here are a few questions. Time to do a little bit of honest self-reflection. Here are a few questions. How much have you grown in your faith since joining River Life? Whether that's been five years or about 30 minutes, how much have you grown in your faith? Are you comfortable just attending? Is it one of those things that's on your spiritual to-do list? And as long as you check it off, man, you're good. Okay. How about do you find that you compare yourself to others? Maybe who might not attend as much or give as much or serve as much. And it builds up a little bit of pride in you. How often do you try to live out something you hear in a sermon? Something that God impresses on your heart on a Sunday from 10 to 11.20. How often do you try to live it out for the rest of the week? How often does that happen? Or do you find that you ever feel entitled, that your opinion should, should have more weight because of how much you attend, how much you give, how much you serve? Do you ever have that sense of feeling entitled? If you answered yes, or if you even wondered if you answered yes, then you probably answered yes. But if you answered yes to any of those, chances are somewhere in you is the belief that membership is about belonging to a club. And I want to help you shift that. I want to help you rethink membership.
That's the first foundational principle that membership at River Life is going to be built on. But there's a second one. There's a second one. And it's this. We don't exist for ourselves. We don't exist for ourselves. So I've got some really bad news. River Life does not exist to make you happy, meet your needs, or satisfy your desires. Sorry. We don't exist for ourselves. Because if we were here to meet your needs, your wants, your desires, this would become an ingrown, even inbred church full of self-absorbed people. And that is not the kingdom of God. And that is not how River Life is going to roll. We don't exist for ourselves. So if we don't exist for ourselves, who do we exist for? Well, I've got a couple answers to that. First, we exist for God. We exist. The church exists first and foremost for God. What does that mean? Well, that the, the church exists to give glory to God. Here's how the beginning of the book of Ephesians starts. Just a few chapters in, or a few verses in of chapter one. Here it is. He, referring to God, destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. That's a reference to Jesus. Think about that. God created a family of adopted children. If you're a Christ follower, you are adopted into God's family. And we as a church are a visible representation of a portion of that adopted family. And God created that family of believers in Jesus Christ for himself. He did not first and foremost create us to impact the world. He created the church to give him glory and him praise. He created the church for the simple splendidness of it for him. River life exists principally for God's pleasure and for his praise. So have you ever like walked out of service and felt a little disappointed and you're like, man, you know, I, I just wasn't feeling the worship today. Like I, I just wasn't feeling it. I don't think it was very good. Well, and you kind of complain about the worship. You, don't, you didn't like the worship. It didn't feed you. Well, good. The worship wasn't for you anyway. <laughs> the worship's for God. We're asking the wrong question. If you're disappointed in worship because you didn't feel it, you're asking the wrong question. The question we should be asking, was God feeling it? 
me and my tone deafness and someone else and they're, they're mumbling through lyrics they don't know? Does that bring God glory? Does that bring God praise? We don't exist for ourselves. First and foremost, we exist for God. But we can't stop there. Churches that stop there become holy huddles. They become inward-looking groups of people who spend lots of time reading Scripture, praying, worshiping, and it just stops there. That's really important, but we can't stop there. We have to continue because the church also exists for others. The church exists for others. In, in their book, Designed to Lead, two authors, Eric Geiger and Kevin Peck, they put it like this. The church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. So if you choose to become a member of River Life, you need to know something. We exist not for your benefit. You exist for others' benefit. And I can tell you almost every problem with church that has ever come up and will probably ever come up, almost all of them can get traced back to this problem. A church that all of a sudden has a view, over time has developed a view to say, we need to pay attention to us, its members. And we're just going to nip that right in the bud, right at the beginning. We exist for other people. Our members will be here for the benefit of those who are not members. So, it's that reason, it's that principle of why we as a church, we've helped out at funerals of people who have never stepped foot in this church before. But they needed help. They didn't have others to turn to. It's the same reason why I've done weddings of people who are not part of River Life. Some even not part of any church. Because maybe they didn't have their membership up to date at their church. Maybe there were other complications and they had no one else. And they hear that we as River Life will help people who aren't our own members and they reach out to us. It's the same reason why we have an entire ministry, our community engagement ministry, that is dedicated to serving people outside this building, people who are not part of River Life. That's why, because we exist for others. See, the Apostle Paul knew, knew this idea was fundamental to the life of the Christian. He knew it was fundamental to the mission of the church. That's why he wrote in the book of, to, in the book of Philippians to the church at Philippi. He wrote to them and said these words. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, 
value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Imagine how much church drama we could avoid if people just lived this out. Imagine how many church splits could have been prevented if we just lived this out. Imagine the impact that we could make in our communities, in our neighborhoods, among the Hmong in the Twin Cities, among the first gen, newer first-gen immigrants in the Twin Cities. Imagine the impact if we lived this out instead of, quite honestly, the complete opposite. See, God's word reminds us it's not about me. It's about other people. Paul challenges us, challenges us to think of others as more important. Because when we do that, we reflect Jesus. We model Jesus when we consider others more important than ourselves. You see, Jesus didn't come with selfish ambition. He came with selfless ambition. He came giving his life away on a cross for us. So what does that mean for river life? It means that we exist for the people outside these walls. We exist for the 50,000 second and third gen Hmong in the Twin Cities who don't know Jesus. We exist for the fourth generation Hmong who aren't even born yet. We exist for the people hurt by churches and by Christians. We exist for the broken marriages and the lonely singles. We exist for the wounded and the torn down and the barely keeping it together. Our mission is hope, healing, and spiritual growth for second and third gen Hmong in the Twin Cities. We exist for the one lost sheep. All 99 of us in the church will be okay And we will all agree that one lost sheep matters because they matter to God. We exist for the one lost sheep and the second and the third and the fourth lost sheeps. We exist for them. We don't exist for ourselves. So how can you tell if you see church as a place that is for you? How can you you tell that in yourself? Well, here are a few questions. Time for a little more honest self-assessment. When you come to church, who do you talk to? Do you talk to your friends? Do you make an effort to talk to that person sitting in the chairs by themselves or folks you don't know? Where do you sit? Do you sit in the same space with the same, around the same people? 
Do you ever get upset because you walk in and someone else is sitting in your seats? How often do you make yourself uncomfortable so that someone else can be comfortable? How often do you take the hit? You go the extra mile so that someone else doesn't have to. Have you ever complained to someone because you didn't like something in the church? The music was too loud, the bass was too strong, the the haze was too heavy. I didn't like those lights, I didn't like that song. I didn't like the way they put the chairs up today. Ever complained about something you didn't like? Yeah, that means you're here for yourself. So if you answered yes to any of these, I want to challenge you. I want to help you rethink church membership. I want to give you a new paradigm. We don't exist for ourselves. So there you have it. Two foundational principles. These two principles are going to form the background of everything else you hear about membership. To to remind you first that membership is about growing spiritually, not belonging to a club. And second, we don't exist for ourselves. We exist for God first, others second. And us, the members, were a far distant third. That's where membership begins at River Life. Now, if you're listening to all this and you're like, I'm in. Dude, like, give me the paper. I'll sign the dot line. Like, I am into this. Okay? Hang tight. We'll have forms. We'll have, we'll have class. All of that. That'll come. But for now, I just want you to sit with these. I want you to challenge those, those parts of you, those deep recesses in you where some things might have gotten buried and, and some ideas, some unhealthy parts of church might have gotten planted. I just want you to sit with those. Don't worry. Come on back next week. We'll, we'll have forms and classes and stuff in the weeks to come. So for now, I just want you to listen to God's voice. Just listen. And then when you hear, I want you to respond. See, it's in these moments of listening where God invites you into something bigger than yourself. It's in these moments of listening. This is where you leave behind your unhealthy views of church, your destructive views of church your selfish views of church. It's in these moments of listening where God transforms you, God meets you, the Spirit indwells you. It's in these moments of listening where you can experience God's grace and where he invites you into his grand adventure of being a disciple of Christ and a member of a church. So we're going to close here. Instead of me starting right off with with closing in prayer, we're going to spend a minute listening. 
And, and if you don't do a whole lot of time in quiet or in silence, this might be a little uncomfortable for you, but that's okay. Now is your first opportunity to be uncomfortable. But we're going to spend a minute in silence. And I want you to just open up your heart, open up your ears, and listen. And then after that minute, I'll close in prayer and the band will come back up. So I encourage you to kind of sit, get yourself comfortable, shake it out if you need to. Plant those two feet on the floor. You can, you can lift your hands up kind of in an in a open, hand me something, God. I'm ready for you to hand me something pose. And we're just going to sit in silence for a minute. So close your eyes and join me now. Lord Jesus, speak. Speak into our hearts. Speak to our souls. Shine your light into our dark places. God, shine your light of love and of healing and forgiveness into the shadows in our heart, in our mind, in our soul, and bring light to them. Shine your light into those areas of our experience, of our opinions that are not part of your vision of church. Lord, we confess confess collectively that there are parts in us that will hurt your church. Reveal those to us today. Help us as River Life begin to be the spotless bride that you call us to be. May us be kingdom builders. May us impact our world, our neighborhoods, our families with you in you 
and through you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.